This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Cast Rich Hobbs here. Uh, oh, it's a bit of a kick in the balls. Moments against Arsenal. I've got Stu and Tom uh, joining me today. How are we both feeling on this crisp Friday evening? Marginally better than last night. Marginally. Deflated, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, we'll we'll try not to be too reactionary, but I think we will. But let's be honest, the, the European dream's over. It's all going to pot. We'll be back in mid-table mediocrity uh, before we know it, guys. Um, no, uh, we'll, we'll be sensible. Um, but we'll talk about how we felt yesterday because it had a yeah a bit of a bit of a crap ending. Let's let's be honest. Um, and it all started so brightly as well. Um, and to be fair, you. you Going almost to the starting lineup, I was surprised that we felt like we were going for it. I, I thought genuinely from the last time we played Arsenal and the fact that we got outnumbered in the middle, I, was, I, I thought I, I was sure Donk would start and he'd pack that midfield out and make Arsenal work for it a bit more. But he went three four three, which I think you know f- fair play to him. Stu, were you sort of happy with the lineup or were you a bit apprehensive like me to start with? I was waiting for you to put a screen grab of what I set up, but well, for some ah. weird reason. Um, no, I think I just said brave for yeah. that for that reason alone. That the fact that we've been playing so well with a three man midfield and Dendonka had been probably in the form of the last two years for him. Mm-hmm. And like you said, where he didn't work in the first game, everything he was crying out for a three man midfield and. Probably after about 20 minutes, it was yet again going out for three-man midfield. Um, but we'll get into that at the time. I just thought it uh, weird, just really weird. Why do the same? Repeat something that didn't work in the first place again, when we would fell, we'd kind of fell into a formation that was working perfectly fine. It, I was just, just baffling. But in a kind of weird way, excited because I thought, well, he's actually going to take the game to him. But, yeah, Tom, Tom, how about you? I think... So the the I guess the change from the first time we played in like two weeks. Ago, I think it was you know, I thought that sort of I could get it because he's a bit more um relentless. You know, he get he he puts himself about a bit more than Trinkow, I guess. Yeah, I th- I think I was expecting like Stuart, I was expecting three man midfield, I must admit, but um I don't know. He's obviously seen something in Arsenal, as his team have seen something in Arsenal where he thinks that, that you know three four three is the way to go. Um, maybe for twenty minutes, you know, maybe you know he was right. But whether it's a man- mentality sort of shift or is it it was actually the system, I don't know. But yeah, obviously, you know, as the game wore on, became less and less sort of functional in that in that system, and yeah, something needed to change. I think. Yeah, I think. Um... 
So that first 20 minutes was was electric. Um, I mean, it, it started with, in fact, the first 20 seconds with a penalty claim for Arsenal. I mean, anyone? I, we, we, we're having a, you know, a section dedicated to refereeing in a bit. So we'll park out the overarching Martin Atkinson shit show. But any shouts for a penalty there? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. I mean, last year, the year before, maybe, but not now. So just, just, you know, they kind of just brushed over it straight away, summed up what what I was thinking at the time that you got no way, you got no chance. But it's Arsenal fans being Arsenal fans, appealing for every single thing possible from the off. Yeah, victim syndrome, classic. Yeah, I was going to say again. I think we've got a question in Twitter corner specifically about Arsenal fans slash Arsenal Twitter as well. Um, we've already shared our views offline, which probably going to be slightly watered down, is what I'd say. But um, no. one it, it was sc- it, one thing was scary. I think it was scary that we had kickoff and it took them twenty seconds to get a penalty appeal. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's it, Huang has got this thing. I don't know if anyone else has noticed, that especially early days, he had, he does this setback first touch. And the yeah. amount of times it's short, it comes from that. I'm, I, 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 I haven't rewatched it, but I'm adamant I'm, I'm, it came from that. And he does it a lot. He did it against Villa, I think, and it cost him the, that goal, the second goal against Villa. He's got this little thing where he likes the first time set, and it just doesn't work very often. Yeah, he did. He, he did a similar one. I, I remember him doing another one in the first half as well, where he's got his, like his back to goal, and just his first touch is like about five yards in front of him, yeah. and just a good team will just take the ball and, and run with it. Um, but Wolves did keep up their really impressive streak of scoring early, um, which I think even before Huang scored, we, we had an offside goal. Um, you know, it, this was a really bright start to the game. Um, yeah, it was about half a foot offside to Sace. Um, but again, it showed the intent of Wolves and, you know, the fact that we were going to try and put them on the front foot. And say sort of 10 minutes in, Huang um scores on his first start in I believe four months. Um lovely little bit of teamwork on the press and and a ridiculously good finish as well. Yeah, I mean uh, you wouldn't think of anyone else at the club taking that kind of chance because when he's out when he's had the chances he's taken them. And fair fucks to him for to uh, for taking it on first time as well and not having an extra touch which he probably did have the time to do. Um yeah, really impressive. I was, I was surprised he hit it as early as he did. It was, yeah. I think it was a cracking finish, really. Yeah, yeah really to, be that, to have that much composure that early on, especially after he just said about his, mm. his first touch where he, he constantly loses possession. But going to, onto that offside goal again, I mean, it'll kind of bleed into the officials. How on earth did that take that long? Yeah, agreed, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Because I was getting, I was getting more and more excited. The yeah, so was I. Because <laughs> I, I, I think when I saw it live, I thought, okay, he looks, he looked offside, didn't he? In normal time, uh, okay, fair enough. And I think, the, I think the assistant flagged early, didn't he as well? Yeah. And then you say, you go, hang on, it wasn't like bleedingly obvious. Like it was like you know a, a foot or whatever and like the longer you go you're like am i missing something here and yeah, like it, i mean it would be peak arsenal if we managed to get that goal though i mean it, it, i thought it might be the one like the one we had at arsenal uh, at um, everton a few years ago where it was um it was Samedo playing him off playing him on side from mm. miles on 
or I think it might have even been Doherty back then. Yeah, it probably was Doherty playing playing alongside when it looked completely off from everywhere else. I thought he might be something like that, like someone we hadn't seen in shot because it was he was taking so long. But for then for the, <laughs> the actual actual graphic came up and it was a good foot offside. You think... put the lines up when it was, it was embarrassing yeah. when I put those lines up. It was, it was <laughs> yeah, it was a bit bit awkward, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, I mean, of all things, Jimenez did yesterday, of which there wasn't a huge lot of greatness. He did really well in that pressing for the goal because between them, I mean, it came from just a free kick from well inside our own half, which just hooked down the line. But, you know, you, you could see how Jimenez and Huang almost kind of cut off the, um, you know, cut off the channels. And, gave, uh, you know, Gabriel should have just knocked it into touch and tries to do the clever thing and, you know, knock it back to a goalkeeper without looking where he is. But, you know, that that's like game plan, you know, big tick, you know, step one catch them out early and it worked against Leicester, against Leicester it worked against Spurs and you know it had the hallmarks of working yesterday my biggest frustration from yesterday isn't actually the missed chances that I, I genuinely I reckon we did, we did enough to get something out of that game um, and we'll talk about the you know back to him in a second we didn't do that pressing for the rest of the game for one tactic that worked and got us a goal. We then just, now nah, we'll just drop off now. There's no, mm. no need to, you know, keep doing it because this is a team who are, you know, incredibly inconsistent and, you know, you're able to get that. We yeah. just didn't, just didn't dominate, did we? I think we, we've seen that a few times where we don't press all the time anyway. We, we press when we press it in phases. Like you have ten minutes here and there, but it never came back again. Like you said, it, yeah. it never it never came back. I mean, that goal was similar to the one at Molyneux against Everton when we forced him into a mistake when Trinke mm-hmm. was pressing. And you think it's a it's a tactic that clearly works, and yeah. teams can't handle it when, especially when you play. We got a front three, and rather than just mm-hmm. a two up there. Just do it again, but it never, like you said, it never happened again. I'm not, I'm not expecting Wolves or, frankly, any team to press for 90 minutes because the, the energy levels just don't exist. And you'll get, you know, look at Leeds, you know, you'll, 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 you'll get picked apart if you do it all game. But I, ref- and we know how well coached these are. Like they, they know the exact moment they're looking to do those actions. Um, you know, it's all it's all measured and stuff. But you're telling me we didn't have any other opportunities in that game against that tip any furbage. I just I just don't buy it. They usually do it when it goes out wide, don't they, to the fullbacks yeah. or yeah, especially against Spurs. I remember they just they they just swamp them when they're in the corner and mm-hmm. it worked really well against Spurs. And like you say, you know, you'd thought there'd been more opportunities to do that. And obviously that's where the where our goal came from. You know, Gabriel had it out wide and they and they hit the press. So you know, like yeah. I say, it's it's a measured press, isn't it? It's how the coach to do it. But yeah, you'd you'd like to think we had we had more opportunity than than what materialised. Yeah, and 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 to be fair, I appreciate Arsenal right, I call them inconsistent, but they are a good side like you know they, they they're more more than capable of winning games and stuff I just you say we can't it just felt like we showed them a bit too much respect um but i say we still created chances and hit, I, I 
pretty sure I can't remember who posted it in our group chat, Stu, that said, we're going to live to regret that, Jimenez Miss, aren't we? Because I don't even, I don't think he appreciated how much time and space he had. Yeah, I think it was Dan who put that in there. Hmm. Um, yeah, if it, it's very, I don't know, get on to him later, but it's very kind of sums him up at the minute that it was so lackadaisical when he got there. It was like, well, uh, and then like, his reaction afterwards, he's like, like laughing to himself, and you think you'd be, you'd be fuming, you'd be, you'd be pounding the ground after something like that. And it was, it was not even close. It was so far wide. You think, what are you doing? What are you playing at? Completely snatched at it, didn't he? But that, yeah. for me, that's the, that was the game. I think, I think mm. that's that's the moment it would became that could have been Tottenham all over again, and it ended up being a two-one, you know, defeat. I, I think that was absolutely huge. Yeah, because I think at that point of the game, we'd already had a goal disallowed for offside. We'd already scored. We'd had that all within, what, 15 minutes of each other? All within the first 15 minutes. And, you know, you look, I mean, Podence was probably our best player, I'd say. But look how much sort of time and space he had. And and yeah. to play a ball like that to, to, to your centre-forward using, like, five yards of space between centre-forwards, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. It shouldn't happen. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I don't know whether we thought he didn't have. Much time. That's frustrating. Um, yeah, and, and I guess the other sort of key incident in the first half, which went uh, a bit missed, um, again involving Jimenez, um, the trip by Ben White. Yeah, shit house, absolute shit house. I didn't even see this until this morning. I didn't. See, I didn't notice it when I was watching the game mm. at all. I saw you can't criticise Atkinson later, then, mate. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Well, looking, looking at his positioning for that, I don't blame you for that one anyway. No, no, no. But, no, but then yeah. you've got you got a fourth official right there and a linesman. Like, yeah. You can't all miss it. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw it in real time, and I saw Jimenez go down, and I thought it was one of those where. You just run into each other. I thought he's run into him, and Jimenez has potentially made the most of it. Yeah. Where you see it, you see it back, and he's just hooked him down. It's shocking. It's so it's so blatant as well. It's not like he's. It's not like the ball's anywhere really near them. And the, is it, it is it good defending? Is is it sort of good defending? You know, he knows he's going to get away with it. He stopped yeah. a clear run on goal. It pains me to say it, but. You know, he's, you know he's, he, has he done the right thing ultimately because he's, you know, he's got away with it. I mean, he's only ever going to get a booking there, isn't he? Yeah. Because he, he's, I think Jimenez is basically in his own half at that point, so he's not going to like be denying a goal scoring opportunity or anything like yeah. that. Um, so I did think it was it was crafty to say the least. And Jimenez, to be fair, had another header. I don't think it was as like the, um, the header was like as guilt edge as it might be, but it was still like a really solid effort um, that we, we'd still manufactured a decent chance in Samedo. Um, first half, he, he, he was electric. Yeah, um, my um, my Bolton mate texted me about said, and you've said that people slag Samedo off. I went, yeah, it's a mute point of this <laughs> this moment in time. It's just, just forget about it and move on. He said, but he, he looks superb. Well, he mm-hmm. is. He's, he generally has been very, very good. And that, I mean, that cross was... I mean, it, even the one where he, he he almost got hold of, 
Um, that that Neves, invisible Neves pass yeah. again. Oh, but if if there was a just then just an inch further on 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 the pitch, I mean that that would have led yeah. to something as well. You know, yeah, I thought it, it was so close to being perfect by Samedo. Um Then for then sort of start of the second half. We nearly carved him open with Hang again, who apparently just has to score from ridiculously tight angles. <laughs> he hasn't done much wrong, has he? His movement was fantastic for that. If you watch that back, he's run all across yeah. the face of the, the, the defence. Pedence obviously, you know, picked him out as we've come to expect from him now. And to be fair, I don't think he's done much wrong. He's no. put it through he's put it through his legs, it's flicked I think it's flicked Ramsdale's leg, hasn't he? And Ramsdale sort of celebrated like he'd scored a goal. Um but uh, again, that's a big moment as well, isn't it? But uh, it's hard to be critical of anyone there, really, because he hasn't done much wrong for me. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Ramsdale really knew what he was doing. No, what uh, whatever he thinks. Oh, we we talked after the Leicester game how big a shit house Casper Schmeichel is, and how annoying he can be. Ramsdale's up there. I'm sorry. There's. He plays off it though, doesn't he? I think he quite likes yeah. it. Yeah, there's some people that just get some up and, you know, I remember him turning to the South Bank in the home game and that pissed me off. But, yeah, you know, this is it. Well, I think, it, would I think... Been, it would have been nice for Quang to put one past in there because it, like it already kind of gone round him once to do it again in like similar area but the opposite side. Yeah. but I think he's, I... he's setting himself up to be the heir apparent to uh, Ben Foster, you know, he... Yeah. And this whole thing. You can see the next ten years of this with with him and Wolves fans. It's going to be quite interesting, <laughs> to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but it kind of after that chance, it it very much felt proper backs to the walls at that point. I mean, nothing, nothing was sort of sticking up front. And I think this is going to be one of my questions, you guys. So I thought Donk should have started. He came on later than I expected him to as well. Do you think the issue was the midfield or the fact nothing really stuck up front from about the 50th minute onwards or a bit of both? Um, I know Gully was, Gully's put, put a, a Twitter thread out earlier because of the turnaround not doing a GTA this week, but talking about the, the forwards not doing their jobs and it sticking up there. But when they were, they were so overrun, um, because you could see after half time, you could see what Arsenal were going to do, and they, they did it before. They did it in the, the home game against us. They just, mm. We were just over, overwhelmed, and when you're completely overwhelmed and you, you're booting it up front because there's no there's no options in me, there's no bodies in midfield, and we've got two players yet how great they are, but one's as we always say, one is very aging and has got a bit of a a thing about him anyway. It's, it was just naive for me. Again, one of the one of the very few mistakes that Large has made this season, where it was screaming out for an extra body in midfield, it was screaming out for it because it, all the it's all well and good booting the ball up front saying, "Oh yeah, we've got three up there," but when it doesn't stick, and like mm. Tom said earlier about Huang, he doesn't control the ball anyway. <laughs> um, but Densi's tiny and too small for it to stick to him, so then you let every roll who's half a man, and he can't do everything on his own. And when there's no one in midfield backing him up. Then what's going to happen? It's going to come back, back, back over and over again, and which is exactly what happened. I mean, it, 
Dendonka should have been on from 55, 60 minutes for me. And I was amazed when it didn't happen and when he just let it keep, it let him carry on and on. I mean, it was all right at Spurs because Spurs are shit. But against an Arsenal team with Thomas Party in midfield and Odegaard's been hit and miss, but he's still, they've got proper talent there. It just seemed naive. It was just weird why he didn't change it up. So, yeah, yeah they, a, bit, they, a bit of both. Yeah, I mean, I, I did try and play it out from the back, didn't I? And there was, I think sometimes we get stuck, particularly on that left-hand side, I think we try and play the little mm. triangles. It ends up getting back to Sace and he clips it down the line. And I think, you know, whether it be, you know, to to, to Huang, Pedence or, or Raul, it just doesn't stay. You know, I think some, the, the triangles are great, but sometimes I do really think sometimes we get stuck on that left-hand side, and that's definitely not a crit- criticism of, of Sace. I mean, we'll come on to it a bit. I think there's enough to be critical about him, his performance last night, at least in the last sort of, you know, 15, 20. Yeah. But I don't think that possession thing is, is his fault. I think it's just, you know, maybe maybe there's, there was times when Raul wasn't getting in front of his man, but like Stu says, you know, he, 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 often he was against two or three up there, and, you know, you can only do so much in that in that situation. Yeah, it felt like it felt like we lost that numbers game, and for me, I think Martin Odengard's, you know, it, it was a standout play in the first game, and again, it, he was the one who was picking up bits of space, and you know, with Dendonka, a what you get from him, but yeah, I've seen it enough times with Dendonka that he would just happily just run around after Odengard for half an hour, mm-hmm. and you know, if, if Odengard had to go, go off injured, he'd follow him off the pitch and just restrict him, and 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 just. You know, restrict his influence on the game a bit more. And let's say Neves and Martinez, it felt like they were trying to do the jobs of three men between the two of them a lot of the time. And I don't think Neves and Martinez had amazing games, but I don't think they were awful. It just felt like they were chasing shadows a lot of the time. And, you know, there there was a couple of points in the second half where Martinez was carrying it forward in like on the right hand side. And, you know, probably the best player I've seen in a Wolf shirt, but it, it was like watching a canal boat move um, some of the time in terms of his pace and stuff like that uh, and to sort of grapple it back, which was frustrating. Um, I think I think one of the notes I made, I think it was a difference in the subs. That, um, and you know what, this is almost probably quite a good opportunity to talk about the ref as well. So I think around the 60th minute mark, pretty much all the bad decisions happened around that point. So we initially had around Nelson Smedo pulled up with a hamstring injury, which the ref didn't want stopping play. Now he doesn't have to, I appreciate, but if he's playing everyone on side by like a good 10 yards, like surely a bit of common sense there. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a muscle injury, not a head injury. So he's perfectly within his right. What happened afterwards when oh. them them that were trying to force him off the pitch, that was bang out of order. I mean, hmm. he could have just turned around him and said no and stopped it straight away. Um, but I mean, Andy Andy texted me at half putting our, our little cage fighting little plug early on um, in our group chat about Martin Atkinson. He said, "Well, he's got to be one of the worst refs in the league." And the first half, I didn't think he did much wrong really. I mean, the no. the clip thing he couldn't see anyway when you look where his position was. So it was it was off the ball and. Whatever, but apart from that, I don't think he did anything. But then, the second off, he completely collapsed and he fell for everything from both sides. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, like the Samado one, I mean, Arsenal trying to drag him off the pitch was a joke. I mean, the guy was playing everyone, you know, 10 yards on side. Do you really think he, he was capable of moving properly? 
it, it, it seemed fair logic was he's near the touchline so he can go off. But he, he was also quite clearly injured. That's what I can't get my head around. And like, we've all watched enough football. So yeah, sometimes players go down and I, you know, balls are 1-0 up and we are buying time. Right. We're doing the dark arts, I understand. But he very clearly pulled his hamstring it don't, it don't matter if you're playing Sunday League or yeah. Premier League. You know, when someone's pulled a hamstring and they can't fucking move. And like, oh, well, just drag him off the pitch. And all right, it, it's it's lofty and it's a bit of an arsey thing for me to say, but I'm going to say it because I'm an arse, you know, arsey. 18 months ago, that stadium with pretty much all those players witnessed one of the most horrific injuries on a football pitch. And that's how they react to another professional going down and being injured. Let's drag him off. Get in well, the bin. Arteta's. There's something I didn't expect when he when he became a manager because you think, well, he's had the grandeur under Pep and the kind of player he was. He was never that kind of dirty bastard, was he? But his no. teams, I mean, their their disciplinary record itself is shocking. I mean, he's just a proper arsehole. and hmm. he sends. I mean, he's got into the, their heads. Fair enough, and they. They get the job done in that way, but you got no respect for him. No respect no. for that Arsenal side whatsoever. No, no. And I think I think what what might be one of those criticisms that you know just play devil's advocate a little bit. I mean, one of those criticisms that always levelled at Arsenal was they didn't have that sort of shit house mentality, yeah. nasty sides. Now they've got it. You know, we've been critical gone, for something that, but it might be yeah, maybe it's to the extreme. I I, yeah. I agree. But, it's gone I, too far the other way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But but to be fair, you are right and say fit for years it felt like you could roll over from and you know, in the first like against us, you know, they they were they were giving it a big one and stuff like that. And you know, they've got they've got two centre halves who seem to be quite au fair with the dark arts. Um but yeah, I think you know, the subs kind of changed the game because obviously Johnny comes on fantastic to see him back. I'm sure we can all agree. Yeah. Definitely not match fit, though. <laughs> just rusty. He just looked rusty, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. It, it, it looks like it was... I, I'm not saying he won't ever come back to the levels he was, but he definitely... It, it definitely... He felt like them for him, didn't it? And he was there on the right as well. When We've seen him on the right twice, I think, before. Mm. And both, but both times he looked dodgy. <laughs> and that was, that was when he was fully fit. So I don't think that helped either. No. We never used to see him get beat, did you? But no. and yeah. we've got, we've come to expect that from Samado as well. You know, I wasn't. Whenever someone's you know squaring up to him, I'm never really concerned. Whereas Johnny bless him, I think Saka got the beating of him. You know, sort of two or three times. You know, in the in the in the time that he was on. Um, you know, not knocking the bloke. I mean, to you know, to be playing football sort of at this stage after you know two ACLs. You know, impressive. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he was rusty. Yeah, um, and you know, I mean, and to be fair, literally both our subs, you know, Pedro Neto comes on 15 minutes afterwards and looks bright, he has a good chance, which again, should have been a corner, given us a goal kick. It's going in, I think, wasn't it? It's was, yeah. hard, it was yeah, very it was, hard it was, to say, it looked like it was going into me. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, I mean, you, you, so you've had the Samedo one, you've had that, which, you know, it just seemed odd. And, and, and even the Huang elbow now i don't think it's a red card or anything personally and you know i don't think the fullbacks did it maliciously but not even stop the play it almost just accuse him that he's play acting 
Yeah, that's Suarez. That Suarez was was a knob as well. <laughs> yeah, he was moaning <laughs> absolutely everything. I think that that's an overall problem with the way things are at the minute, especially this last week of head injuries in the mm. league as a whole, rather than just that one where you've had people who've been been bandaged up, played for another ten minutes, then can't see and have to come off. And you think, I think, well, you've got the concussion substitutes for a reason. At least use a bit of common sense. And again. I thought that the fucking VAR, you can see that he's been elbowed in the head. You can just mark him saying, make sure he's okay. He's been elbowed in the face. It's yeah. not hard. And, you know, it's not It's not about, oh, should he should he be sent off and things like that. It's not, that's not why you're checking it. it, it it's checking for player welfare, which, yeah. you know, is video assistant referee. It's, it's the same as if you've got a linesman. That's how I've kind of interpreted it. Um and, you know, and, and to be fair, actually, I've, I've realised I told live at the start of the show when I sort of said, oh, Wolves did no more pressing because they did do one within that sort of first 10 minutes of the second half as well with Connor Cody, um, who I don't know what was going through his head when he was going Is for it. it. He, he followed Lacazette, didn't he? That was it. He yeah. was pinned to Lacazette and he, he, he you know, because Lacazette was coming really deep and obviously in this situation mm. came really deep. So Cody got as far, I think he was having a nosebleed. Yeah. And and oh, you could see as soon as that ball broke, he saw his names in lights. He he saw himself as Michael Owen in nineteen ninety eight. And then the ref blew the whistle. And I don't think I've ever seen Connor Cody that angry. He was giving the ref some right pelters. But you would do, and, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. again, you threw on goal. Was it three on one at that point? You threw yeah. on goal. You know, I mean, the ball came to, I want to say, it just bounced out to Jimenez. So all he needed to do was just play it behind him. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the worst decisions of the entire season, without a shadow of a doubt. It's like, it, I mean, he did it again later on when he, he for them, he blew up, and rather than letting mm-hmm. the play go, um, when they were, they were, they could have had a shot away. Yeah, and you think, just referee the game properly. <laughs> it's not. I mean, if it was. It, it didn't even look contentious, though, did it? That's the thing. It didn't look like no, it was... It, it oh, looked like a dive straight off. Yeah. It, it looked like he'd thrown himself to the yeah. ground. It looked like he threw himself to the ground. Where And that's from the TV angle, not directly onto it, where he was. Hmm. And then he just didn't read the situation, did he? And he blew up thing straight away. Oh, it's Arsenal. Why would they throw themselves to the ground? And, and then it? it can't be reviewed with VAR, can it? So it's it's just a joke. Well, that's what you touched on the issue. In, in in that scenario, why not? I know you know maybe they shouldn't be thinking like this, but you know in that situation, definitely they should have. And why don't you just play on and then you know let it play out? If it's a foul, you're going to spot it on VAR. They can bring it back for it. Yeah, I mean well, to blow up like that with it with what it fifty fifty at best. Like he must he couldn't have think that was a because they did touch. it in Leeds. They did it in Leeds versus Man U the other week. Um, I think it was like the one on Bruno where it was, you know it was a. Strong change in the middle of the park, nowhere near a foul, but exactly he lets the play progress. And then they check VR to see, oh, just seeing if this was actually a foul. And he's like, it's just like a little bit of common sense. But he well, they did the Pogba Neves one, did didn't they? They did yeah. the Pogba Neves one against United. You know, they checked yeah. that after the goal went in and then obviously came to the wrong decision, like they usually do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, use a bit of common sense. I mean, it's, it's, it's like literally the same phase, it would have been like a kick of the ball. See what happens, and yeah. if it goes in, then review it if you have to. We could we could have scored within literally two seconds of that the the referee blowing his whistle, or whenever you know Ben White goes down because the ball bounces to our player, one touch into Cody, who composed himself, and you know 
rifles one in top goal, you know, top corner. That's how it would have panned out in my head. Um, but yeah, so and so as I said, we, we had chances for refereeing with, and I'm sure Arsenal, as my mentions have shown today, have lots of things to be angry about. Apparently, Jimenez had a high boot. Mm. I mean, I think it was. Uh, they got a free kick for it though. It was yeah, exactly. It's a high boot. That's it. Yeah, it's not a red card. Not 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 every high boot is a you know. I, I feel like for Arsenal fans, it felt like it was you know Van Bobbel in the 2010 World Cup, where it's just like <laughs> no, he just lifted his lifted his foot to try and get the ball. It's one it's one of them in it, and yeah, and uh, you know things like uh, it was just a, an odd second half refereeing performance where he just didn't want to let the game flow and Wolves were struggling to gain any momentum. Um, Arsenal do pull one back, of course. You know, <sighs> one of the things I sort of noted about this goal and the other one, I think Tom's, we got a line prepared. Can see on the left-hand side. Yeah, it's it's Sace's. It's, it's, I mean, we'll come on to the second goal, but Sace is wrong, man. Of his man twice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, ultimately, that's cost us. I was going to say, and it was the same area we conceded against Leicester as well. Mm, you know, yeah. there's a little bit of a pattern I could suggest. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to knock Sace after the season. He's had a great season. It's, you know, and he, and he had a couple of good blocks in the first half. And I'm not saying, you know, let's kick him out after one bad game. But he's, yeah, he's he's had a couple of bad moments there, to be honest. I mean, the second, we'll come on to the second one, I'm sure. But like the second mm. one, he gets so tight, so, so tight. And he just got, just got completely spun. And then, yeah. yeah, Lacazette spins him in, in, in his away. Um, yeah, it's just an error of judgment, I think, you know, twice, really. Yeah, and to be fair, I think I thought it was a good finish by uh, Pepe for, for the first in terms of how, you know, how he's kind of rolled the ball backwards and kept control of it. And you know, I think he only finish. plays well against us. Yeah, oh, he's, he's, that was his first league goal of the season, I think. Yeah, yeah, that one against last season, it was great. That he he oh, bent yeah. in, yeah. you know, from a, from a you know tight angle. Well, I was on um, I was on uh, SVP TV and Arsenal channel doing the preview um, the other day, and he did, Stephen did um, a preview. For, he did a, a, <laughs> he did a poll. Sorry, <laughs> you set the whole thing up with the first place. Um, <laughs> he um, they did a pre a, a poll on there about would you want Pepe starting, and I think it was like thirty percent saying yes. Yeah. So they don't like him. They don't really like it, rate him there. Um, they don't rate Lacazette either, to be fair. But mm. he was he's very much out of favour, <laughs> like Tom said, apart from when he plays us. Yeah. I mean, let's say going back to sort of my subs point, I guess, you know, obviously our, our two subs are two players who are coming back from injury. Do have a, you know, a high calibre, you know. All right, I don't think he's worth it, but they signed Pepe for an awful lot of money. And do I fit, you know, I reckon a fully fit Pedro Neto is better than a fully fit Pepe. But yeah, that felt like a slight difference. And they changed formation as well. And they, they really went for broke bringing him on. Um, I, I appreciate and they, and you know, that felt right. And, you know, Eddie and Ketka, I think sets up the goal who they also bought on as well. So it was proactive changes, which you can't, you can't knock. Um, I don't think. And not gonna lie. I did feel a little bit relieved when they scored, because the, the tension was mounting, and I I would have settled for a draw at the start of the game and see us concede in the 82nd or whatever it was. I did think, 
okay, we can breathe a little bit now. And we went forward a couple of times as well. I thought, you know what? See this out. But but unfortunately, it wasn't to be. I think it was about the 94th in the end. And it's a, oh, it, it was heart-wrenching, wasn't it? Because it gives it the big one, Lacazette, as well. And it's an own goal. It's not going in. And I don't even think um, who's at the back stick. I think it might be Pepe again. I reckon if Saar doesn't somehow touch it, do you reckon we actually clear it? I think he would have got out for a throwing. <laughs> I don't think he was going. It was going anywhere. But again, there's no, no blame on Jack that saw there. No, whatsoever. It, it just it, it, it flicks it, off Sace actually, doesn't it? It flicks off Sace. If you watch yeah. it, it, flicks off Sace's shin just before it gets to to Saar, and obviously you can't react to that. There's no time at all. Um, yeah, there's no blame attached to to Saar on that one. No, I think it, it, it's it's an awkward one to have next to your name because. He has to put an arm to it because he doesn't quite know who or what's behind him. So it's always sort of taken a little deflection. But yeah, that was, it did feel personally undeserved. Yeah, but, it's, it, it's like the ones that hit hit the post and it hit the back of the neck and go yeah. in. It's, an, it's, it's technically an own goal, but it's not fair. <laughs> Maybe we need yeah. a, a new, new pseudonym for it. Unfortunate yeah. goal. <laughs> it, it, it really was, wasn't it? Um, I, I guess, yeah, personally, I said, I think Wolves did enough to get something out of that game. I don't remember Saar having lots of, he had, a, he had a solid save in the second half. Um, but bar that, there was a lot of huffing and puffing from Arsenal, in my opinion, but they didn't really carve out as many chances. Whereas I felt we had, you know, four. Um, including Huang's goal, the two Jimenez chances and um, Huang's miss, you know, excluding the potential of, of, of Cody's, which I can't really count. I don't remember Arsenal having four really good chances, but I did score two goals, so I'm probably being a little bit, you know, rose-tinted here. No, yeah, I mean, I, the, 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 sorry, go on, mate. Well, it's fair. I mean, uh, we had the better chances, no doubt about it. I mean, they even said in commentary about how when you, when you get past one Wolves defender, there's another one right there blocking it over mm. and over again. Um, they had the volume of chances, which were shots from distance, as seems to be the way against us, like Spurs did. But we invited that so much pressure on ourselves again by not changing it up earlier that probably on balance and play, it was probably fair. Regardless of chances, it was probably a fair result on balance and play for me. That's why I was kind of like, well... I can accept when we get beaten and we, we probably deserve to be beaten. Um, mm. And that's what it kind of was in the end for me. I was, I wasn't really, I was just kind of, okay, you can kind of rule out certain things happening now. Um, Do you more think? That, I think fourth, fourth's gone now. I think it's just, just, we'll get on to that in a bit anyway, but I just thought balance of play, they battered us <laughs> and it was always going to come. Um, it was sad and unfortunate how he did come in the end, um, like we just said, but I thought it was fair. I, I didn't think we did enough to win the game, regardless of the chances that we had. Um, it would have been a proper smash and grab if we had. Um, but I wasn't too distraught, really. Mm. It was more more kind of like a... Like all the, all the cats at West Ham on, on Sunday, they're going to be deflated after about 10 minutes. And that's that's kind of what, what I was feeling afterwards and, and this morning. 
Yeah, yeah, I, 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 th- I think maybe a draw. For, I, I think I think a draw wouldn't have been an unfair result. Personally, I think one of the things that was levelled at us at the start of the season was that we were, you know, we were playing pretty well, but we weren't actually creating much. Whereas, you know, we've had the sort of flip of that, I'd say, last night, and maybe, you know, not not so against, much against Leicester because we didn't create too much against them, to be honest. But um, we are creating chances now. We, you know, when we are scoring, you know, we scored, you know, quite frequently. I mean, all those one nils and and, and nil nils that we had earlier on, those they sort of. Sort of gone a little bit the end downside to that is obviously the defence has maybe not been quite as tight recently and maybe that was what it was last night I think you know maybe we were almost backing our defence too much you yeah know, we'll, we'll see this out we've done it we've done it plenty of times already you know you know we'll, we'll do it again and I think you can only have that one sort of sooner or later it's going to come bite you on the arse but but for me I, th- I think maybe maybe a point really I, th- I think it's the same as the first the first game against Arsenal I think a point was probably fair there it's just we've had a six point swing unfortunately yeah, and and you know, say Arsenal are in position in the league they're in. You know, it's, there's no shame to lose to Arsenal, so especially with the amount of pressure, it just felt like we slightly just cracked a little bit at the end. And yeah, it, it was disappoint. It was disappointing because it's always you know crap to lose a game in the last minute. But yeah, I, feel, so I, I didn't think it was quite deserved. And like if if. You know, if it was a case of Saar was making all these saves and like, all right, it, we've finally been breached, then right, I get it. But yeah, just didn't quite. Give, it might, I don't, I don't know. Pro- probably, I think I don't think we deserve to win. Now I'm looking at it back in hindsight, but I think we could definitely nab the draw. Um, it was a bit of a weird one in terms of doing player ratings and sort of who played well because I think a couple were standouts and did did stuff. Um, really well, but I think because of the type of performance, like you, we've kind of alluded to, it's kind of quite difficult around like a man of a match, and you know who who was sort of a standout. But anyone who was sort of notable for yourselves? Then we we already mentioned him, Samada. I mean, the game changed when he was re- when he was removed from the from the table. He was well, he was superb both going forward and um, defensively, mm. and. I think it's kind of more of a, a, a point to say that as soon as he went off, the game changed, and yet you can still give him man of the match, even though he didn't complete all the minutes. Yeah. Um, so I think by default, I'd say Samada. Yeah, I mean, you said you said standout. There weren't many standouts where there. It's like that no one was above a seven. Maybe Samada potentially, but mm. um, Pedence was good in, in in spells. I thought. I thought Huang generally actually did quite quite well. I know I had a little not you know sort of digging him at the start, you know some of the stuff. But I think his movement was good. I do think he offers us a little, you know something a little bit different. And considering it's his first, like you said, uh, Rich's first start for for quite a while, I think by and large he he did all right. He faded near the end, but that's sort of expected, expected really. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, and to be fair, I do. I think Huang is great in the opposition's half and even better in the opposition's box. Whether I'd want him getting it anywhere near our box is a yeah, completely you've nailed, different you, matter. Isn't yeah, it? you've nailed it there, Richard. It, yeah, that's perfect summarisation for me. He's, he's one of them, isn't he? And all right, it might not necessarily suited to you know football in twenty twenty two because he is he is a bit of a bagsman, isn't he? Where it's just like you know what I do well eight yards out from goal. That is where I shine and. If all Wolves need to do is just work out how to get him and the ball into those positions, we're set. Um, but we'll see. Um, we're going to take a short break, guys. And we'll be back after 
the lovely ads to talk a little bit about West Ham, a bit about um, fixtures, changes, and people coming back to the UK after a stint over in Murica. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some questionable opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyettingmedia.com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk hello welcome back everybody um so two bits of news uh wanted to cover with you guys before we dived into the next upcoming game because they're coming uh thick and fast um firstly was the news about the rearranged uh newcastle fixture which i don't quite understand for life me a why it's being moved and b why it's being moved to a friday night um Stu, I know you, you're a away day regular. Are you playing a trip up to Tyneside on a Friday night? I don't know. And that's that's the point with all this, that at least this time we have plenty of notice, um, relatively speaking, compared to the recent rearranged ones. Um, but, yeah, it's just a pain in the arse. I mean, you, you, you're going up to Newcastle, which is not a, a short journey anyway. Um, and Sky do see, uh, like we were talking before, and that I mean, tonight, Southampton, Norwich, that's not an easy trip, <laughs> that's not short. I mean, you've had Bournemouth going up to Middlesbrough on a, on a Saturday morning, um, this season as well. It's just, I mean, we know they don't care about fans anyway, um, and they just take the piss, but it's just, I mean, who, who really wants to watch Newcastle Wolves on a Friday night other than Newcastle Wolves fans? <laughs> and it's, it can't be that big a draw from really, surely. And it just messes the whole weekend up because you get back, what, two o'clock Saturday morning at the earliest. Mm. You'll be knackered anyway. If you've got kids, then you're going to have, what, four hours, five hours sleep. Then that, that's the whole Saturday ruined. And then you're left with Sunday and then back to work Monday. So your whole weekend is is kind of destroyed because we have to go to Newcastle on a, on a Friday night and not to have fun. I mean, if you make a weekend of it and you go you go up to the, up the big market straight after the game, then brilliant, <laughs> but that's a very small percentage of uh, Wolfhound, I'd, I'd imagine now. Yeah, I mean, it's still, you know, we, we sort of said, said sort of before, um, it, 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 even if you make it into like a um, a weekend of it, it, it's still annual leave, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, and to be fair, what, it's six weeks until the game? I think it's 8th of, of April it's moved to. Um. Yeah, it's just just bonkers. Tom, are you are you fancying the trip or? Well, this is it. Oh, I don't know if I'll be able to get the time off work. This is yeah. the thing. But um, I don't know what I don't know what the criteria is for what makes something a Friday game rather than a Sunday game. You, you know, if you were to look at, I'm sure there'll be two fixtures arranged for the Sunday. Hmm. But I bet they're, I bet they're closer teams together than than the you know than the, the Wolves and Newcastle. So I, I genuinely don't know if they think about it at all. Genuinely, yeah. As you said, I mean, fans are the last thing on their mind. Let's face it. Because it's what about 200 miles from Wolverhampton to to Newcastle as well. And I think one well, my, my sort of thoughts around it was surely just make just make it like a, 
a rule of thumb that for a night game, doesn't matter, you know, if it's a Tuesday night one in the championship or, you know, it's getting moved in the Prem, like it needs to be within, I don't know, a two hour journey. Because at least okay. then you're in theory getting back before midnight, of which it's somewhat respectable to crack on with your day and you can leave work at, you know, four o'clock and, you know, get away with one. But yeah. The two games on the Sunday at Norwich Burnley. Okay. That's not that that's not that far. Yeah. And Man City Liverpool, which obviously that's gonna be super Sunday, but yeah. yeah. Norwich Burnley. Again, what is what is the difference between them? Norwich yeah. to Burnley it, it, is twenty miles more than it is um Wolverhampton to Newcastle. It's about an hour it's about forty five minutes longer because it always takes 45 minutes longer to get anywhere from Norwich. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I say it, something needs to, something needs to change on it. Cause like, you know, if we're playing, I don't know, even um, like Everton or whatever on a Friday night, I reckon you could cope with that or more for London teams. Cause you could get just about back. You're saying time for midnight. Um, but yeah, a bit frustrating for, you know, a bit of a, you know, nothing game. You know, they're, they're competing. We're competing for Europe. They're competing for relegation. If it was against like a European rival, then you know, may- maybe. But otherwise, you know. Um, other bit of news that's broken today is Kevin Farewell's back in England as the new director of football at Everton. Um, for once, do we think that's actually a good decision by Everton? It's an annoyingly a good decision by Everton. <laughs> I mean, we haven't had. What the transfer windows since he's left have not been great, have they? <laughs> Let's be honest. So, and he kind of got unfairly scapegoated because it seemed every British and Irish player at the time when he was here was oh, it's a farewell signing rather than a Mendes signing, <laughs> which we know wasn't true. Hmm. And the whole three thousand six thousand wherever it was list of players that we have was comment was he came out with. Um. He did a, he, for what his jobs were here. He did a really good job, and obviously he got headhunted to go over to America. So, unless it's something where he's homesick and that's why he's come back, and the Everton jobs open because they're a shambles, they've got a, an annoyingly decent appointment there, and one which you hope won't bite us or come to affect us in any way. But my gut feeling this afternoon when I saw that was, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he can't do any worse than the previous claims they've had in that job. Yeah. I mean, the amount of money they've pissed away. Yeah, that's if they have any money to spend with him. But like, so he's not got a hard act to follow, has he? So he'll probably do himself all right there, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, I think the other side of it, you know, Wolves slash him under Wolves have, have been sort of fairly savvy in terms of, you know, getting rid of players as well. And, you know, Fairway was around the Wolves for quite a while. So... You know, from Everton's point of view, it's going to be about unloading some players so we can actually fit a new regime in. Um, and I think it's it, it's low key enough that if they if if the worst happens to Everton, they get relegated. They've got someone who's probably not asking for as much money as you know some, someone who's demanding top you know top tier value. So I think it's I think it's a very shrewd move by move by Everton. Um, 
whether they'll listen to him, they'll, you know, they'll spend 30 million on another, you know, inconsistent midfielder, t- time will tell. Um, but, you know, going on to Sunday, I was, I thought of a link and I was going to try and do with David Moyes and then I've decided against it. Um, which is why I did a massive pause there for it's not it's not worth it, it's not worth it. But we are playing West Ham at the weekend. Um we can overtake them with a win. We're two points behind them with a game in hand. They they do have superior goal difference, which doesn't really impact uh sort of this fixture. Um I mean j- just from the, the win against Arsenal, that's kind of propelled them uh into that position i guess for to compete for fourth whereas it feels like we're competing for fifth at this point um or well fifth downwards as it were i mean looking at the table guys i mean it's you, you you've sort of said for the the long distance stream of fourth's gone um yeah you know is that sort of mainly with the games in hand other teams have as well, well particularly arsenal have as well and our goal difference yeah, I think uh, I think like Tom said earlier, that six point swing they've had over us in the last couple of weeks has kind of screwed us over with Arsenal now. I mean, uh, for them to for them to have a game in hand on us and a five point advantage at this stage, it, it take a, a monumental Arsenal kind of Arsenal level collapse um, with the form that they're in to um, for us to catch us uh, catch them and for us to go on a run like we we have been uh, taking the Arsenal games away. So. It's like, I've, like I've said for all along, I mean, fourth always seemed a bit of a pipe dream to me anyway. Mm. Just for that for that reason that you are asking a lot of a team of players who are not not one, not Champions League level, barring a couple, and everyone else to be not as consistent. And I just never thought it was going to happen. And now, look, you're looking at that, and yeah, Man United have a game in hand on us, but... That's three points, even if we do beat Watford, which is our game in hand. And I just can't see, really. Um, so, now it's, it is the battle for fifth, so to speak. Um, fifth and sixth is is there for the taking, really, because for that same reason, everyone else is really inconsistent. West Ham, us, Spurs, probably Arsenal will be there and they're at the top of that pile. But I think Sunday's now even more massive than it would have been if we'd won in a weird way, because if we lose against West Ham, it's kind of, mm, is, that, is, that the, is that the dream over? Being five points away from them then as well? It's you're just not, not lo- a draw at least now, I think, on Sunday. Um, and we'll be happy with that probably, just to, just to keep us in, in touchy distance, especially after the, the level of performance and the amount of running that was done last night. He's not really going to rotate probably as much as we think. Um, so no tomato as well. No tomato yeah. as well. And, and I know we we have done this before when we when we, Arsenal beat us on the Thursday, and then we went to Spurs and won. So it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility to do the same again against West Ham. But the energy levels just seem to be sapped, and everyone just looked completely devastated to the end. And if he gets them back from that quickly, then he's a genius. But I just think it was so sapping both mentally and physically, I think a draw would be a great result come Sunday now. Yeah, I, mean, I said I wanted sort of nine points out of the five games, so I've got six after four. So, um, 
Yeah, a win would be, a win be nine, which, which I'd have taken at the start. But I made a massive mistake yesterday because I looked at the table at half-time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when yeah. else did, but I'll tell you what, it looked great at half-time. Um, but yeah, that was painful. Um, but I think, I mean, you know, Spurs are in free fall. West Ham, are no great, you know, they're, they're not in great form. Um, they've got a few players out of form. Um, they've got the cup to concentrate on. As well, um, you know, make a bit more concerted effort on the cups. Um, United, we know about United how inconsistent they are. So I think, you know, yeah, fifth, sixth, um, definitely, definitely on. And yeah, like I think, I think what Stu said, I think probably now maybe you, you, you probably would take a point. Um, you know, going into Sunday. Yeah, it does feel almost. I mean, we're saying this on Friday night. Uh, maybe uh, you know, Sunday morning we feel slightly differently, but it feels very much more of a you know, must not lose rather mm-hmm. than must win. Just, you know, just keep that status quo for another week and just, you know, stay, stay in the stay in the fight a little bit longer because there's still plenty of football to be played. You know, it's not it's not like we're on, you know, 35 games into the season. Um, but it does sort of remind me very much more, you know, back in the championship days, to be honest, um, that, when you're competing high up at the table, are you looking at, oh, well, if this team lose and this team lose and we, you know, if all these teams lose two games and we win two games, <laughs> and then you go, that only works if you're in the bottom half of the table because all these teams don't do a lot. Of that. You know, good teams don't lose two, three games in a row, do they? No. And yeah. that's, that's, that's the difference, isn't it? I mean, they're saying a lot. Yeah, I've got a nice run of fixtures now, but I don't. I don't mm. necessarily buy that. I think I don't know if it's you said that on a previous podcast, you that you know you're more confident West Ham away than you would be, say, or sorry, more oh. confident say Palace at home than you would be West Ham away or something like. Mm. I mean, like Burnley away. I mean, how hard does that look now? now they've found their feet. You know. I mean, I mean, oh yeah, but... yeah. Go on, mate. I would say I mean, it's guaranteed that we'll lose to either either Burnley or Palace because <laughs> when they're. Palace, Palace had our number earlier in the season. Anyway, I mean, like we've said mm. about the teams that press high against us, we still don't have an answer for. Answer for. Um, so well, I've got no confidence about, about Palace at home whatsoever. And it's it's maybe it's twenty eight years worth of Wolves suffering, and it's kind of drilled into our psyche that we we kind of expect to lose against the shitter teams. Um, but yeah, Burnley away is. <laughs> I mean, it's awful anyway, let's be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, you can just see something like that putting a spanner in the works. Yeah, you don't want to be playing against the teams fighting for their lives. I don't think. I don't say this nice run of fixtures. That I don't buy it, to be honest. I think, yeah, I'm just as confident West Ham away as I would be, you know, like you say, Palace at home, to be honest. I think that's the thing because, you know, West Ham have plenty to uh, to go for in the league. And, uh, you know, obviously they're still in... Um, I was going to say the UEFA Cup, um, which it isn't. Um, but, you know, they're, they're still competing on more than one front. Be interesting to sort of see how they line up on Sundays. It will be with Wolves as well, because we know that Samedo is going to be out. But do you see any other changes as well? Do we see starts for, you know, a bit of a change about front line as well, which was a bit ineffective in certain parts um, yesterday? I know what I'd go for. <laughs> Go on, let's, um, see, let's see your lineup, Stu. I just I take Raul out and, and go three five two with Dundon Green and have Huang and Pedence up front. Just because I think what, what let's just get right. What is the point in persisting with him in the form that he's in at the minute? I mean, he's 
that we discussed earlier about his attitude with the um, with, when he missed that that Gilted's chance. Yeah, he's he's done a couple of things here and there with it, like an, a, an assist for um, for Neves last week, and but his overall game, Raul's overall game since. I mean, Southampton away was probably the last time he had a consistently good game from start to finish for me, and that's months ago. And West, well, Ham, West Ham at home was one, I think. I think he, I think I remember him playing pretty well at that. Yeah, but yeah. It's it's been in it's been in spells at best. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there, there, there was a few points on Twitter last night. So if if Fabio had, had put the performances in that Raul Jimenez has put in, he'd have been absolutely he'd been hung, drawn, and quartered by now. Mm. Just just because I mean, he's got credit in the bank, and I said he. It's almost like the cult of Nuno again, where you don't want to criticise someone who's who's had a, who's done wonderful things for us in the past, but now when it's blatantly obvious that something's not right, yeah, it's right for everyone to change it up. And what it's not going to do him any harm sitting on the bench for a few weeks, thinking about things and maybe refocusing himself because Fabio's done nothing wrong when he's played. Mm. The exact opposite, especially at Old Trafford. So I mean, he's shown in big games that he can put himself about. So just give the kid a chance. If we if we're going to go with with three, I would take him out. The I'll be putting him on the bench straight away. But because of how we played um, yesterday, I just think bringing back a three man midfield at least to start with um, is probably the right way to go. Just to get just to calm things down again and just have a base to be to start off with. Just be. I mean, let alone me being emotionally drained, <laughs> it it must have affected them as well. So, I mean, I I would go with a, a midfield three, um, just to get get back on track a little bit. Mm. How about you, Tom? Your I mean, it's hard, at yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to disagree with any of that. To be honest, um, I'm just trying to remember how we set up against them at home because um, I thought that was a really good performance. Um, I remember that being quite a complete complete performance, a nice ninety minutes from us. Um, but uh, yeah, it's hard to argue against a three-man midfield. I'm not overly convinced with with playing in a two. Um, did we see that at Villa? Was it? Was it Villa? Where he played up front he, on his own. Yeah, it didn't didn't work. But again, you know, okay, we've only seen it we've seen it once. But I'd, if we're doing a two, I'd probably be more inclined to put Fabio up there with with Pedence, even though I do I do like Wang and he's a threat. But Pedence and, and Fabio have done all right as a two before. Mm. So yeah, it would be against that. Yeah, in the first fixture, we, we went 3-4-3 with Poden, Swang and Jimenez up front. Right, OK. Um, which, and to be fair, they they, they played a midfield three of um, Rice, Sujek and Ben Rama. Um, so I'm not as worried as I was against Arsenal in terms of needing extra body because I, you know, I think there's a slight levels difference. I, I, I'd, I'd probably go for the extra man in midfield, whether it's then Donker, where it's then Donker plus two. And I think, you know, I could even see someone like Kundal maybe starting and resting Matinho maybe. Um just just for like a just from a fitness point of view and just making sure everyone's ticking over, um, to be honest. And yeah, it's it, it's it's tricky. And and again, you've got a decision at right wing back as well, because um Hoover's not been on the bench for the last few games, it's been Johnny. Now just start Johnny and sort of, you know, see if he if he needs it will do the job over ninety minutes rather than sort of dropped in at the deep end. Because I don't think he'd have been expected to have come on yesterday anyway. But you know, there's a decision to be made there as well. Um 
So I think, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be an interesting lineup, and I, I kind of hope that that they don't go for a damage limitation because I do think we can get at West Ham. Um, I'm just a little anxious at this point in time. We don't not quite have the confidence levels, but I think Bruno's sort of shown himself and uh, enough this season that he's not the most risk averse manager in the world, is he? No, like he he, he might he, he seems to like to pull pull a fast one, and even when it comes to formation as well, where it's like, oh yeah, we've I mean we've gone three five two and we're playing Donk, but he's also going to be playing the second striker technically. So like to pull a bit of that. So I feel like by Sunday, my my head will have been turned to be a bit more optimistic and think he's got a plan here. Um, but we'll see. Um, do we want to try and do score predictions or are we not emotionally, uh, emotionally prepared <laughs> for it? Uh, 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 20 to 10 on Friday night, I'll go one each. No, I was going to go one each. That's it. I'll be. I'll go on. I'm going to be optimistic. I'll go one nil, one nil Wolves. I'm going to go nil nil, and I think everything I've just said. I think we'll just cancel each other out, and both teams will be knackered, and you know, just just see it through, um, and then we can all live to uh, live to fight another day. Right, let's round off the show. Uh, with some questions from Twitter corner. Um, there's quite a few doubles because to be fair, Dan did put out one serious, one silly. Um, so usually my annoyance about people giving me two questions, I've got to subside for a week. Um, this one's only one, thankfully. Uh, it's from Joe. Your opinions on Arsenal fans on Twitter. Most of dis- disrespectful. Um, yeah, I can say it. I'm allowed to say it because I can put the censors. Um, I can just mark not suitable for children. Uh, most disrespectful twats on the platform. Plus, Ramsdale is so overrated. I mean, as an admin on the Wolves Fancast Twitter account, I'm very glad I don't have notifications set up um, for, you know, whenever someone mentions because I'd look early and good grief for, you know, at Saka season, I don't just bombarded all day with absolute bullshit from little F Arsenal FT accounts. It they are genuinely the worst I've seen this season. Them in Chelsea, maybe, but you know, by far, by far the weirdest and you know, vocal fan base on Twitter I found this season. Yeah, I mean, you said that we um gonna make this podcast not suitable for children and a lot of the Arsenal fans on Twitter are not suitable for children either because it's it, some of that it, it deviant behavior at best. And they're just fucking assholes. It's just it's cool on what they are. They're, they're wit- it, the whole, uh, it must be the Arsenal fan TV thing. It, it's affected them all. It's got in their minds because they all act the same. It's like it's this big conspiracy against Arsenal or good old Arsenal and, this weird like superiority complex they have over everyone when they've been absolutely shit for fifteen years, <laughs> and yeah. you think, well, what? Where's this all come from? You never used to be like this. And fair play, there is some normal ones, but on Twitter, that's a cesspit of the world anyway. It just it just heightens everything for everyone. And Arsenal fans just seem to be there all the time, 
and uh, whenever you try and criticize anything or you say anything remotely bad about them mm. so like the snappy, snappy turtle all over your face it's straight away it's just really it's, weird behavior yeah and i get that like you get little echo chambers and not you know fans aren't necessarily represented in the you know small circle that you sometimes see and wolves twitter similar it doesn't necessarily represent the view of a wider audience but fuck me it's been weird today looking at it and like you know i know what you're saying Stu, is that saying oh it's it's probably only been in recent years i'm gonna heart back to my dad i said before show like my dad had an irrational hatred of arsenal because you know, in the 70s, they'd throw coins and stuff like that because they were Richmond Londoners. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to burn so many bridges, so I'm not careful, aren't I? But I uh, know, like, not not something not quite right with that fan base, I'm telling you. And, <laughs> I, and I'm a Wolves fan, so I, I know enough about, you know, wrong fan bases. Um, right, let's do... Okay, right, we got a 2-1... Got a, a serious one and a silly one, and I like them both, Andy. Um, Andy Smith. So, will Raul still be at Wolves next season? And if so, will he be the main man up top? And the second question is, what's your favorite gadget that you own? Uh, I got, yeah, I think Raul will be here next year. Um, I don't, I think you know, is, is anyone going to take a punt on him? You know, he may, you know, maybe he's got. You know, sort of MLS, so you know, uh, I wouldn't say aspirations, but it seems like you know that that that's where he might end up at some point. But no, I I think he will be here. Whether it be the main man, I think it's up for debate. I, I think Bruno wants another striker. He's been pretty uh, vocal about that. I think he wants another. He says another option up top, but um, I think his Raul's profile probably fits the system reasonably well. But yeah, it's, it's, he's not in form at the moment. Yeah, he's, he ain't been the same since he came back. Matt Janssen effect as I called it earlier um, mm. which is to be expected but we can't keep saying oh because of his injury I mean, it, it was over a year and a bit ago now it's it's, done, and, it, it's yeah, done and dusted it's, it yeah. is what it is now he's had over half a season to get to get used to playing with a headband on if he's not going to be if he's not going to be at the same level then we have to move him on and MLS playing for you know, or Chivas or whatever um, then so be, but he can't unless he re- he gets some form back. He can't be our starting striker next season. He just can't be. And I know we don't spend money anyway, which is a pain in the ass. But we can't be relying on someone who's not producing. We just can't. And gadget wise, <laughs> gadget wise, uh, and this little Sabutio out bottle opener. This is useful. Okay. Yeah. Um, but probably PS Five though. <laughs> Would you class the PS5 as a gadget? Hmm. Well, it depends. It's yeah. on the gadget show, so... True. I'd give you that. See, when I think gadget, I'm thinking, like, more handheld. But I'm open to interpretations as well. Um, um, let's throw me now. I can't think of any handheld gadgets. You, you're thinking no. of some, some novelty nonsense here, which I, I would probably be the one to ask about. But... Well, and to be fair, as you know, I, I tell you, like, because the gadget I was thinking of for me is I've got a, a Bluetooth uh, headband. So, like, because um, I like to you know, listen to stuff when I go to sleep. So it can act as an eye mask and still listen to stuff. As, and, as I don't have wires dangling about or, you know... Um, I don't lose, you know, air buds in 
in the duvet and fall asleep on one of them. So, so you uh, so you look like something out of Star Trek: Next Generation. Is this what you're saying? Or him in us? Yeah, I look. I look. Oh, yeah, I look more like. I'd like to say I look more like him and us. Um, but if, if I was so inclined, I could, as the photos demonstrate, I could like go for a run or play tennis whilst wearing it if I want to, or you can use it as an eye mask. I don't tend to use it as an eye mask personally, but it's what keeps my hair so in shape as well. If you say so. I'm just baiting you up his Yeah, right. Uh, shall I do another question? A couple of questions. Um, right. Uh, two in one question. All right, the contributor. So, two in one question. During uh, Newcastle versus West Ham, Chris would apparent, uh, was apparently meowing at Kurt Zuma during the game to wind him up. Uh, given what Kurt Zuma's uh, actually did and been punished for, um, is it a fair game or is it a step too far? baiting him like that. Uh, likewise, would you tell Wolves to do the same on Sunday if you were Bruno? Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it's definitely not a step too far. He deserves everything he gets. Yeah, twat. And the the, um, the bloke who he came from did actually admit that he made the whole thing up as well. Did oh, he? that's annoying. Oh, yeah. That's yeah I remember texting to my mates and saying, I hope this is true. It's yeah, one of those yeah. things that, oh, that's a shame. It did feel too good to be true in a way, though, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> oh, like Woods, Woods had the Daesh effect as well, so I've got no doubt that stuff like that happens. It's yeah. just, uh, it, it, did, it did seem like it could have been true. I'm gutted it's not. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's, there's a lot worse that would have been said to him over the last few weeks and hopefully forever. Yeah. And I think the problem is there's something quite lighthearted about a grown man meowing into <laughs> another grown man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we. We've probably all been on football pitch. We've probably all used certain choice language to describe people and stuff like that. And we all we all do our little things to wind up people. But I'm trying to like imagine like a corner, just like Connor Cody. It wouldn't be no. Pedence or Sace. Oh, Pedence yeah. oh, would Pedence would give. You'd have to get Zuma to kneel down a bit to get to Zuma. Yeah. Other than that, <laughs> yeah, one of them maybe, but. Yeah, or or like I can imagine like doing like some really like heavy cap puns maybe as well. Um, That's that's the other option. So, do I think it's too far? No, and I also think it's still rel. You know, it's still recent enough to give him stick for it. We're you know, like in like even for a year's time, things will have moved on. But no, he still deserves as much abuse as he's going to get. For, for me personally um right last question is from nag and i thought this was a good one nice one nice one to end it on with it being pancake day next week uh what do i need to get to go with my pancake so guys what are your go-tos for pancake day sugar and lemon that's all that's all you need it's classic that, yeah. is, that is classic yeah i mean Bana- banana nutella um, yeah that's 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 a good combo. Or peanut butter. Has anyone done that one yet? I'm peanut butter. It's not the worst. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm potentially a heathen for this, um, but I tend to make the American pancakes instead of you know the really flat, thin ones. I I like to you know they're about an inch deep. Yeah. yeah. You know, have a bit of substance. So I'll do that with some bacon and maple syrup. 
and you know what it's a bit of extra effort because it's you know doing some baking at the same time Stu say what you're gonna say tell us I need to say a thing do I <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you it's far nicer you do you got the uh do you get the best china out as well and cut it into little, <laughs> little quarters no but I do have whipped cream as well so like I you might make pancakes like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I might make a smiley face, but the kids in that corner. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying to think if I've seen a, any that just seem a bit odd. Nutella's a good one. Nutella on the thin pancakes, and you're almost making like a crepe, aren't you? That yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd get on board with that quite nicely. But honestly, for the what is essentially one ingredient different like just maybe american ones that's my opinion anyway um but you know we'll we'll, we'll compare we'll compare pancakes and we'll we'll see who's but yeah bacon like what meal isn't improved by bacon mm. yeah i still haven't tried it with the pancake i've to try it it's so fair i can't, I can't knock it i haven't tried it, it, yeah. it, it works. i haven't tried it yet it, it works especially with a bit of maple syrup like a bit of sugar as well it, it works i know it's american but they do occasionally get things right um like kevin Felwell. yeah but, well they're that denny's if you denny's in america you got this thing called the lumberjack slam i don't even know that so that's like a fry up but then you get like a side of pancakes Ooh. that's a way of combining it but you don't actually physically have the bacon on the yeah. pancake okay yeah that's not but that's not a bad one yeah lumberjack slam i'm guessing they still do it yeah, I'm trying to think of it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I reckon I'd be brave enough to like mix my fry up with with pancakes because you do it with bread and stuff. <laughs> I feel I know I'm going wildly off tangent now. Um, I'd give it a go. So you have like fried bread. Yeah, fried I would, so, so I, I just ate the fry up and then had the pancakes as like a little bit of a dessert. Yeah, I was say, <laughs> so I didn't really combine it very well. Like, I'm trying to like, imagine like you know, literally getting it from one plate to the other, like, you know, do you mix it in with your egg or your beans? <laughs> no, like, I can't no, imagine mixing with, you know. No. But it works with bacon. But, but I was going to say, but I will end it with that. I'll take photos as well for Stu. <laughs> and I know you'll sit there with your lemon and sugar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll call it quits on there, guys. Um, big thanks to everyone who's listened. We'll be back. Uh, Monday evening to talk about uh, the game against West Ham. Hopefully it'll be balls back to winning ways. Big shout out to um, 19 Min Football Network and our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media. Go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com Go check us out on all our socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram uh, to keep up to date with all the latest Wolves, Lols and Trolls and until next time it's goodbye from Tom. See you Wolves fans. It's goodbye from Stu. Meow. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time.